I do not say this lightly, but the Syracuse basketball season is officially over. It's your Locked On Syracuse Thursday. We got a lot to talk about. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning and welcome into your Locked On Syracuse Thursday. And thanks so much for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Owen Valentine. And we got a lot to talk about today because last night when Syracuse travels to Clemson and gets absolutely demolished, we have a lot of issues that need to be addressed. And yesterday exploited everything that could have possibly been exploited with regards to Syracuse basketball. And when that is the case, as is right now, we've got some things to address. We've got to talk about defense. We've got to talk about Bayheim. We've got to talk about this team and its ability to progress. And we've got to talk about what the rest of the season is. Because right now, the rest of the season, barring an ACC tournament championship, might be done and might be over in two weeks. That includes the NCAA tournament. That includes the NIT tournament. And that is the harsh reality of where Syracuse currently sits in terms of this basketball season. It's unfortunate, but last night's 18-point loss in Little John might have so much has done the trick in this game. When this game was over, right, Syracuse lets up 91 points in this basketball game. They dropped 91 to 73. In the post-game press conferences for Clemson, they were almost making jokes about how easy it was for them to attack the 2-3. They would pass the ball to the inside. They'd find an open look for three. They'd pass the ball to the inside. They'd find someone in the short corner. They'd pass the ball to the inside. They'd hit a free throw line jumper. They did what you know teams do when they approach a 2-3 zone, right? That is the bare bones basics of approaching a 2-3. You've got to go inside to go outside. You've got to get the ball to the foul line. You've got to have someone on the high or in the short corner. You've got to have guys surrounding the three-point line. Clemson did that. And they didn't really do all too much more than that yet we're able to exploit that Syracuse 2-3 as bad as it's been exploited this season. That includes the game against Duke. That includes the crapshoot that was that Virginia Tech game a couple weeks ago. That includes the demolition that, oh, Illinois put on Syracuse earlier this season, right? All of your worst losses, this was the worst the zone had been exploited. And it was a combination of Clemson making shots, a combination of Clemson being a decent basketball team, and a combination of Syracuse's 2-3 zone does not have what it takes right now with this group, with this personnel, with this coaching staff maybe you could even throw in there. It does not have what you need in order to be successful at the Division I ACC college basketball level, and that is starting to be exploited even more and even more and even more. That is the biggest takeaway of this game, is how easily 
Clemson was able to just pick that apart and do what they wanted to do with it. Uh, I have a screenshot of one of the quotes, Chase Hunter on the zone who, you know, played a decent game. We put PJ Hall inside, Ian at the high post. They just attacked. They didn't have the long wings like they used to have. Isn't that crazy? Clemson realizes you don't have the same team and that you maybe shouldn't be playing things the exact same way. Internally, though, that change is not seen. That change is not made. This is advertised this season as we're going to play a little bit of 2-3. We're going to play a little bit of man. We're going to mix things up based on opponent. And I think everyone was overjoyed to hear that news. But two games into the season, they stopped playing man, and they haven't turned back. So at this point in time, when you get beat game after game after game in three main categories, right? Offensive rebounding, opposing team shooting threes, and second chance points. I guess offensive rebounding and second chance points, they go hand in hand. But you do this every time. And you know what naturally improves on uh, allowing offensive rebounds or limiting offensive rebounds and limiting wide open threes is not playing the two three and playing man to man. It's time for something to happen, right? You played terribly last night from start to finish. There were moments where the offense looked okay. You had the occasional stop, but this was a terribly played basketball game by the Syracuse Orange. No questions asked. Terribly played basketball game. No changes were made. Nothing happened, right? They did the same thing in the second half that they did in the first half that they did in the first and second half against Duke, that they did all season long and teams have been able to exploit and been able to have success. Isn't it crazy? Does it not ring a bell? Is it not sounding the alarm that the team you play every game shoots the ball 15% better from three than they do on their season average? Is that just Syracuse is the most unlucky team in college basketball? Or is it the fact that their defense lets up open look after open look, after open look. The wings cannot handle it. They do not rotate. They do not run the zone the way it needs to be run. And Beheim claims, right, this is a two-week learning process. You can learn the 2-3 zone in two weeks. We're four months into the season, right? You've got senior guys, senior players. You've got uh, a second-year guy in Benny Williams that doesn't know the zone, that can't execute the zone. Is it the fact that they know it and can't execute it because that is a reason to switch things up? Or is it the fact that they don't know it and therefore can't execute it? Because maybe that's a reason to switch things up. Regardless, when you look at outcomes and you see what has happened and you see that Duke shoots 50% from three and you look at the box score in this game and Clemson shoots 14 for 36 from three. So they're a little bit above their season average, but they hit 14 threes. Uh, I got to give the shout out. I, I forget who it was um, that that tweeted it out yesterday. Syracuse has allowed double digit three point makes 14 times this season, 14 times the opposing team has been able to score double digit threes against the Syracuse defense. They're not adjusting. They're not making the changes. They are not doing what they need to do to put themselves in a position to win. And right now, wins are as important as ever as you're trying to build a resume for the NIT tournament. We're not talking national tournament resume. That was lost. That's gone. 
so long, adios, look it, kiss it goodbye, whatever you want to say, that is gone. You are not returning to that. Right now, you are trying to produce an NIT resume. And I looked at three NIT mocks this morning, and Syracuse isn't on the mock. They're not in the NCAA tournament mock. They're not in the NIT tournament mock. They're not in that caliber when you look at the resume right now. It's alarming. Let's quote Jim Beheim on this. I pulled this video up from a, a press conference or two ago. I think it fits. What can I say? Right? What, what can I say? They're not changing things. It looks bad. It's a struggle. It's embarrassing at times, right? You're watching this game in a Syracuse shirt in Orlando, Florida. I got people looking at me. This guy likes this team. He's got to sit through this. He's watching them play. It's bad. They can't do anything. We got a lot more to break down. We got a lot more to talk about. But before that, let's hear from our friends at FanDuel. It's a midway point of the NBA season. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. They got a lot of creative bets. I love it. I have a good time on there. I like the interface. I like what I'm able to do. I like seeing the different choices. They got the two by three. That's two threes in the first three minutes. You can have a lot of fun. And that is what I am here for on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Plus, FanDuel, they let you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. I love an SGP. Throw that together, have a little fun, make a boring game a little bit more interesting. So don't miss your chance to get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. That is the official or an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Thank you so much for that one. I like FanDuel. That's what I use most of the time. I have a lot of fun with them. I do enjoy their stuff. Uh, but what I don't enjoy is, uh, is Syracuse basketball at this point in time. Let's take a look at the resume as we uh, you know, have three games left on the docket. In a quad one opportunity versus Pitt, a quad three, I believe, opportunity against Georgia Tech. It might even be a quad four. And let's check Wake Forest. I don't know why I'm dwelling on what quad it is because, quite frankly, it doesn't matter. A quad three game against Wake to close out the season. Oh, boy. You are in the net rankings right now. You are 108th in the country. You dropped nine spots after yesterday's loss. You're 0-7 in quad one. You're 2-3 and three in quad two. You're 6-1 and one in quad three. You're 8-1 and one in quad four. Awful. That is not a resume, okay? That is a resume that doesn't even get past the, the first office, the first person. All right, you're not getting anywhere with that resume. Right now, your chance at a tournament is to win the ACC tournament. I have said this in the past, and I do mean this. I don't think it is the case, but I do mean it when I say that when Syracuse basketball plays a good game, 
even with this team, they have the ability to beat anyone in the ACC. And I stand by that. I believe it. I will keep that uh, in terms of my honest opinion of this team. They're not playing at that level right now. They're not playing at that level consistently. And that is why I do not think they have a chance at this point in time to win the ACC tournament. They can beat any team on any given day. But as you look at this basketball team, when is the last time that they played an outstanding stretch of four basketball games? Is it there? Do they have it? Is it on the docket? I don't know, right? I mean, the last, they've only won four games in a row, one time this season, and that was a Notre Dame, Oakland, Georgetown, Monmouth, Cornell stretch. This team struggles. They're not good. They need to build a resume and they're out of games to do it. So now you look at the reality. And the reality is, and this is as unfortunate as it gets, because last night there was one bright spot for Syracuse, one singular bright spot, and his name is Judah Mintz. And this is where things get scary, because Judah Mintz is a projected second-round pick in the 2023 NBA draft. There was an ESPN mock that came out uh, yesterday, headlined by the fact that Bronny is apparently a top-10 pick in the 2023 class or in the 2024 draft, but also in that first round, I believe Judah was at 22 if he stays for an extra year. Here's the thing right now. The dark spot, the the bad look on the resume, the issue with Judah Mintz in terms of NBA play is that he can't shoot the basketball. Judah Mintz has made his last six threes. He was two for two in the game against Duke, and he was four for four from deep last night, including catch-and-shoot threes and making baskets from beyond the arc. That is terrifying for Syracuse because when he can shoot his threes, and if he can shoot his threes, he is gone. Bye-bye. Throw him out the because that is where – and good for him. That to be used with me being angry or me being upset with him. He is doing what he needs to do to make a paycheck, to get a bag, to be the first one and done for Syracuse in six or seven years. All right, good for him. I'm proud. I'm excited. It's cool to see a guy where you come in and you're like, all right, he's got two issues. He can't shoot the ball and he needs to mature a little bit. And he's matured. And now he's shooting the ball well. So good for him. But when you look at this team and you look at what the future holds, if Jim is staying, which he said he did to Pete Thamel a week or two ago, If Jim is staying, he needs Judah. He really does because Judah is the key for a lot of guys wanting to keep playing here, right? With Judah, you can win basketball games. Without Judah, I don't know. You lose Joe, you lose Judah. Those are your two biggest scorers. You, in theory, are losing Jesse as well, third leading scorer. We even talked about Jesse Edwards today. Uh, it's, do you want to come back and play for that team? There's no recruits coming in right now. You're looking at a team of what? Symier at the one, Justin Taylor at the two, Bell at the three. This is saying no one transfers. Benny at the four. Is he going to not transfer? And Peter Carey's playing your five. Like what, what is the lineup next year? That is dire. If Judah Mintz leaves, 
which I will say this every single time we have this discussion. Good for him. Incredible for him. Get your money. Get paid. Right? Do your thing. I'm never going to you know, fault someone for doing that. If you have the chance to make money doing what you love to do, go do it. Right? Good for the kid. But when he goes, he puts Syracuse in a dire position. And that is the reality we are actively looking at. Because he is playing so well. And if he shoots the three well, like he did last night, like he did against Duke, like he is starting to do, he's long gone. Because an NBA team would rather work out a little bit of a shooting issue with him than have him come back, get hurt, things like that, right? Work it out now. And I think that's going to be the mindset. I would assume he tests the waters in the draft at the very least. And that's going to put Syracuse in a very interesting position. We got to talk Jesse Edwards here. Uh, we got to turn the page. We got to talk Jesse because this is the second straight game. Jesse just didn't have it. And I know I'm going to sound obnoxious when I say this because, yes, Jesse Edwards had a double double last night 12 points, 10 rebounds. I don't really care. I don't really care. He is not playing to the level that you needed him to play at. And that is a huge issue. And it's back-to-back games where he has struggled. And I understand in the Duke game, right, you're going against a Filipowski at seven foot, and you're going against a 7-1 center, and you're a little bit overmatched and oversized, and you're getting double teamed. Clemson was not double teaming Jesse Edwards last night. Clemson was allowing their size to guard Jesse Edwards. One-on-one, one-on-one, Jesse Edwards versus P.J. Hall. They're the same size, right? Hall is 6'10", 245. Jesse comes in 6'11", 230. So it's 15 pounds advantage on one end, a one-inch advantage on the other end. Jesse doesn't handle physicality well. Beheim talked about it after the game. You put pressure on him, you play him physical, you get in his face a little bit, And Jesse shuts down and can't get his post moves and can't get the looks that he wants. And that's an issue. And I think long-term, I was talking about a little bit last night, there is some merit in him coming back and getting better one more year. And I know that he can get paid overseas right now. There's merit to that as well. But I think he can get a lot better. And I think that puts the Syracuse team in a better position than if you have to say, okay, Monir who I guess would probably be the five over Peter Carey now that I'm thinking back to that line. Okay, Monir, you're the starting five. Okay, Peter Carey, you're the two in that rotation of centers. I don't know. I don't know. I, I It's it's an interesting spot right now. Uh, and I know you guys have a lot of thoughts on that game, on where we go from here. So I am – let's just go to Twitter. Let's see what you guys had to say. Let's see some reactions from you. I have not looked through all of these. So this is a raw reaction out of me as we look through these. First one, and I have a feeling a lot of these are going to follow a similar pace. Edward E. Smith, time to retire the dinosaur. A lot of people in that boat after yesterday. A lot of people in that boat, including Juice Man 7, new head coach, joining in on that sentiment. Um, Randy Horowitz, I can't remember an inconsistent set of forwards like this in a while. That's a lot of the problem. We talked about it. You need the forwards. We talk about it every single week, how you need the forwards to do something. 
Chris Bell, seven points. Malik Brown, five points. Benny Williams, I'm going to give him this. He played all right yesterday. And, and I, 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 you want more out of him on defense, but the whole team played bad defense yesterday. So I'm not going to single him out for bad defense. I want the best for Benny, and I want to see it work out here. I want him to be Syracuse, but I don't know. It, it is nice when you see him put up a few points, hit some baskets. Uh, they put Quadir in for 12 minutes yesterday. Justin Taylor, two points. Like, they tried things. They mix and match. Nothing worked. Nothing worked. Uh, and, and the forwards continued to be inconsistent, right? Bell was two for four. Uh, he had a nice shot early in the game that I thought was a three, but it was a two. Uh, which I thought was big, but nothing. Uh, same question as the mailbag. Love GMAC and Autry, but is anyone watching this and thinking they're viable successors? That's from Kriegs13. I think that's a great point. We talked about it on, I believe, Tuesday's episode. Um, but yeah, right? When you look at the state of this team and you look at how they are actively doing, can this team win with an internal hire, with an in-house hire, and I was talking about it on what Facebook Messenger, I think, hit me up. Jake Malley yesterday was talking with me about just how this team needs a big man to coach, right? On the sideline, they need someone with that big man history. This is such a guard-loaded coaching staff that they need that parity. And when you look at this right now, I don't know if there's an internal hire that elevates Syracuse to the levels that you want them to be at. Maybe it's a little bit of an improvement, but respectfully, and I, I mean, GMAC is my favorite Syracuse basketball player of all time. So I'm going to preface this by saying that I'm not sure he's the answer to this team getting back to where Syracuse fans think it should be and where Syracuse fans deserve to see this program be. That is the reality right now. Uh, Matt Andrianos, I remember when we fired Paul Pasqualoni because he went 500 two consecutive years and wasn't adapting to the new game. Why does JB keep getting a pass? This is a brutal one. And this is one where I always talk about this and it's frustrating and it's infuriating. And you might hate me for saying it, but Jim Beheim has earned himself the right to choose when he goes. No matter how bad it gets, Jim Beheim has earned himself the right to choose when he goes. It's frustrating. It's infuriating. You might think it's time for him to go. I might think it's time for him to go. But I do think that there is a difference between Beheim and Pasqualoni in terms of what they did bringing the program to life. And that is where I'll find the difference. It's a weak rationale. I understand that. But I do believe that there are a lot of people who understand and recognize that because of where Jim Beheim falls in terms of what is the city of Syracuse and what is Syracuse basketball and what is Syracuse University. He has put himself in a position to have a lot of issues and a lot of losing seasons and things to still be okay in terms of his job from within the university. Maybe not from a fan perspective. I'm not buying into the bogus 95% of fans want me to be the coach because that is wrong. That is not the case Throw that out the door. I get it. It's frustrating. It's infuriating. But when we look at it right now, uh, that is the case. Cuse, hole. Uh, I read it. I'm sorry. Um, rebounding on offense and defense and scoring in general seems to be a massive issue for this squad. We talk about it. The zone naturally lets up rebounds. Shouldn't be this bad. 
And that's where you look at the historic length of this team. When you look at teams of success in the length of their guards and the length of their bigs. And I mean, damn it, when you're looking at the early 2000s or 2010s, you got Rick Jackson and Arinze Onowaku in at the same time. And Syracuse would kill to have size of one of those guys at this point in time, right? The rebounding has been an issue and and rebounding numbers last night, Syracuse had 23 and Clemson had 28, which was minus 10 rebounding. And that just seems to be the number now that you are minus 10 in terms of rebounding every single game that you go out on the court. Uh, Manuel Martinez, we need a fresh restart for this program so bad. Move needs to be made now. We've been down for six or seven years. That means current recruits were nine and 10 when we were decent and five or six when we were at our peak. Current recruits don't remember what this program used to be about. That's a really good point. We talk about this all the time in terms of recruiting episodes and recruiting content. Syracuse has lost the big name value and they're still a blue blood technically. But the last few years, although there's been tournament success, have hindered the the mental look as to what is Syracuse basketball when you approach this team and when you approach this area and when you approach recruitment, right? Do you want to play for a team that has not been good in your lifetime or when you were nine or five or four, like this tweet lays out? It's a good question. Uh, Dylan, same thing. We need a big change. Don't know what it is, but it's getting embarrassing. 100% agree. Michael, the team isn't good in any aspect. Starts with the 2-3 being bad, but we only have one consistent offensive option as well with bad floor spacing around him. Hope Jim is gone this offseason, but likely won't be. I, yeah, you, you're you're making good points here. Twins fit dad. Um, not only was it a bad loss, but Judah knocked down some threes. Last thing Syracuse needs is for Judah to be a one and done. We talked about it, right? If he's hitting threes, this is not looking good for him coming back for year two. I do want to put this to rest, though. People have this narrative that regardless of if he goes to the NBA or not, he's not coming back to Syracuse. He will come back to Syracuse if he does not go pro. I don't think there's a world in which he wants to transfer, start fresh, risk a new system, risk less minutes, risk less freedom. Uh, I don't think that is the reality. I think he's at the NBA or he's here for year two. I want to address that. Um, the last one, I genuinely feel bad for Bayheim. Dude should be on a golf course enjoying from the stands, but it doesn't seem like the university has an answer for when he's gone. Right now is tough. I don't want to leave it on that, but maybe we will. Uh, we had a lot to talk about today, and there's still more to talk about. Syracuse with the game on Saturday against Pitt. We'll preview that tomorrow. Uh, But for today, I think that's where I will leave you. If you want a little bit more, maybe you want to hear some positives that don't revolve around Syracuse, you can check out our brand new podcast. It's Locked On College Basketball. Here from my buddy Isaac and Andy. They bring you everything you need to know on and off the court, plus big name experts, coaches, players throughout the basketball landscape. It's Locked On College Basketball on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today and every day. I'm Owen Valentine. If you like what you heard, subscribe there. Another video there. Have some fun. Enjoy. Uh, Try to put a smile on your face. Don't think about Syracuse basketball, and I will see you tomorrow.